You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. I take full responsibility for everything this government has been doing in tackling coronavirus, and I'm very proud of our record. Tens of thousands of our citizens have died avoidably. These were unnecessary deaths because of systematic government misconduct. With good British common sense, we will continue to defeat this virus and take this country forward. There were a lot of green shoots of opportunity on the horizon. You know, we've been held down on the forest floor for far too long, and we will reach that canopy again. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Salik. Very good afternoon. I'm Roger Hearing. Now, there's been, let's say, a mixed reaction to the regional restrictions, which are going to be reintroduced once the lockdown in England ends next week. Boris Johnson says it's going to be replaced by a tougher three-tier system, which will last until the spring. Hairdressers, gyms, they're going to be able to reopen. But in areas under the tightest restrictions, restaurants will be takeaway only. Yes, not everybody happy about this. As you might imagine, another headache for the Prime Minister to deal with, given that many of these people come from within his own party. We also heard from the Chief Medical Officer, Professor Chris Whitty. He explained why more measures are needed. Science and also the seasons when we get through to spring will help to de-risk this infection steadily, step by step, and we'll be able to pull back from these really oppressive things we have to do socially and economically to keep it under control at the moment. So we get more details then about exactly which regions where uh, you are, where you will be in a few weeks time. Uh, That comes out on Thursday. We get the full lowdown on how England gets carved up. Well, let's bring in our guest, Anna McMurrin, who's Labour MP for Cardiff North, also Shadow Minister for International Development. Anna, thanks for being with us. Uh, Thanks for being on the programme. Obviously, you're in Wales, which is working under a different arrangement at the moment. But do you get a sense that there will at least be some kind of coherence with all the regions and nations when it comes to Christmas? Well, look, let's so. I I think it's not for want of trying uh, by... Certainly, our first minister here in Wales, but also other uh, the other devolved nations, to try and get a four nations approach to working together to tackle this virus. Uh, what we did in Wales was go into that quick fire break early. So we had a 17-day fire break over half term uh, and slightly longer. And we've consistently since then see the numbers go down, which is good news for now. Uh, But we're keeping a careful eye on it. The Labour government here has been very clear that this is science-led 
evidence-led, uh, but really, really fine balance between uh, supporting and looking after our businesses, our people across Wales, and also the health aspects, making sure our hospitals, our healthcare workers are are supported as well in the in the gravest of times that yeah. we face now. So England then, are you suggesting that the country stays within the current lockdown and doesn't move to a tougher tier three system or three tier system rather? Well, look, we know that the, the pre-lockdown tier system failed. Uh, that was, there was giver, there was delay, and it had consequences. Uh, the, the government didn't do enough to contain the virus, and England ended, ended up into this longer lockdown. I think what needs absolutely to be followed is looking at the science, looking at the evidence, looking at balancing, juggling what is, is happening out there, uh, understanding that there are businesses that need to operate and need to thrive as well. So it's, it, it, we have been very clear in Labour to look at and learn the lessons so we don't return to a third national lockdown. But Anna, I mean, what about people obeying these rules? Because that, that's obviously mm. a key thing. People yeah. are reaching a stage now where it's very difficult. I mean, in Cardiff itself, of course, just a couple of days ago, there was a big disturbance uh, in the city centre. I mean, whether that was related to, to this, we don't really know. But, but clearly, uh, if people are busy meeting and even fighting each other, it suggests it isn't really being uh, obeyed. Look, I think our president, our government in Wales have been very, very clear that this has to be uh, led by people and people's behaviour. There's only so far that government can introduce uh, uh, rules, regulations, uh, um, that framework to operate within. But it has to be people taking responsibility uh, and learning to live a new way of living. Because we know as we, uh, we, we're approaching Christmas, it's not going to be the Christmas that that we would have liked, that we would have hoped for. It's going to be a slightly different Christmas. But what we want to do is make sure that we can spend it and that people can spend it with their loved ones across the country. And we know that loved ones, for example, we're in Wales. People have loved ones, family members across the whole of the UK. So we absolutely need to be working as a four-nations approach but also making sure that people take responsibility for their own behaviour. But that's going to come at a cost, though, because if we allow a little bit more flexibility over the Christmas holidays, come January, come the spring, there is going to have to be tighter measures, and people are going to have to follow that, aren't they? Well, yeah, they're, they're inevitably. This is, we are facing, you know, we're facing a pandemic here, uh, and and... We've seen in England what that delay, that failure to act quickly enough has done. What, what we don't want to be back in the position in, in we faced back in October, but we can build on here in Wales, we can build on the success of the fire break, which, which has seen rates consistently reduced. But will England be able to, to say the same? We need to be approaching Christmas with that level of responsibility that actually if we want to at least be able to uh, go out to, to help businesses thrive to to be able to 
family, our loved ones, to socialise in a, a, a sensible way, in a socially distanced way, we need to be taking those measures as stricter measures now and all being very careful and playing our own part in taking that fair share of responsibility. And that's a very clear message that's coming across from the Welsh Government, the Welsh Labour Government here. And I just wish it was the same from the, the Tory Government in England because it just hasn't been so far. But that's what we need to see. That's Anna, let me, let me move you... Let me move you on to something else, which I think is, is has been key. I mean, in the background, of yeah. course, but we know is coming to uh, a culmination in the next uh, week or two, which is Brexit. Uh, we know, we think we know there is going to be, uh, well, uh, a move towards a resolution of some kind. Uh, the deal seems more likely, just from what we're hearing. If a deal is on the table, uh, perhaps in the next week or so, should Labour vote for it? I mean, Labour list is saying that your party is now leaning towards actually backing whatever deal comes out. Well, look, we haven't. We're not even at that point yet because we haven't seen what deal is on the table. But do you know what? I speak to businesses in across my constituency and people uh, up and down the country. And what is very clear is that we must absolutely avoid no deal. That is very clear that if we reach that cliff edge at the end of this year, that Brexit, no deal with, with combined and compounded by this pandemic will plunge us even more into the depth. Uh, and that is not somewhere we need to see. The government, the UK government, has been absolutely derelict in their duty towards getting that proper deal, getting that deal that would need to be moving forward right. so that we avoid that cliff-edge Brexit, which is what we want. We don't want. You know, I I'm, have been very clear that, you know, in, in Cardiff, uh, which overwhelmingly voted Remain all those years ago, we're at a different place now because we want to avoid that no deal. And, and I've got to ask you about your international development brief as well. Uh, yeah. Seeing reports that the government yeah. plan to pass laws to cut the overseas aid budget, possibly temporarily, possibly permanent, isn't at least a temporary cut warranted given the state the UK is in? Isn't now a time to be focusing, at least temporarily, on our own needs? Look, retreating from the world stage now at a time when the scale of need across the world couldn't be greater is absolutely shameful. It's an absolute dereliction of values and of leadership. So cutting this aid budget would recklessly undermine the UK's moral authority. It, it's placed on an international stage at a time when we need to be strengthening our hands. We are an interconnected world. And what COVID and this pandemic has shown us is how interconnected we are. We are all vulnerable to global risks. But, the challenges. And UK aid is our first response to that, to conflict, to health crisis, and, of course, to the climate emergency. But, but Anna, one of the key things in all this is, is bringing people along with you. I mean, that was the lesson, perhaps, yeah. of Labour from the last election. YouGov thinks this area you're talking about is the sector most people think the government spends too much on. Uh, it would be actually quite popular to reduce the overseas aid budget. You've got to bring the people with you. Of course you have, uh, but this this would be a 
dereliction from the, the Tory government, uh, aid saves lives, it builds resilience, and importantly, it helps absorb future shock and protect people overseas, but it also helps protect us here at home. Retreating is counterproductive. So are we really in a position where we're unable to provide for the very poorest, which protects us at home too? You know, I, I think it, it, not only is it breaking promises to the electorate and to the world's most vulnerable, yeah. it's also breaking the law. It's a shameful dereliction of leadership and values from this Tory government. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's start with some of the other news in the world of politics. We start with some good news for people arriving to England from countries that are not on the travel corridor list. The government says that such travellers will now be able to end their two-week quarantine early if they pay for a coronavirus test five days after they return and it comes back negative. So that comes in from the 15th of December. Good news if you're jetting about. It looks like a five-day quarantine is going to be, uh, I think, the minimum now, but certainly a big difference from two weeks, which is a long time to spend indoors. Yeah, not such good news today if you work for Huawei, I suppose, because the government is said to be considering a ban on 5G equipment from the Chinese company as soon as next year. Now, that's in order to appease Conservative MPs who are calling for tighter restrictions on the company. They're demanding stricter rules on companies using Huawei components as part of the price for backing new telecom security legislation, which is due to come through Parliament next week. A blanket ban on Huawei's 5G equipment is currently set to be enforced in 2027. Yes, everyone's in a research group, aren't they? And the China research group is one of them. So no doubt they will be keeping a very keen eye on this and central to the backroom machinations going on there that you were alluding to. Uh, And then we have rumours around a reshuffle of the Times speculating that that could be coming soon. It tips Priti Patel to be demoted to party chairman uh, for obvious reasons and claims that Michael Gove is being lined up for Home Secretary. Dominic Raab could move to the Cabinet Office to take Gove's position and then that would open up the Foreign Secretary uh, position for Sajid Javid to take over. And we could see Jeremy Hunt as well come back to Cabinet. I hope you kept up there. Of course, this is all speculation. We never quite know until we know, but it's always very exciting, isn't it? Well, it is. It is. Whether Michael Gove would want the Home Office is an interesting question, uh, but it follows a suggestion that Pretty Patel uh, will be demoted not because of the bullying allegations, uh, but because, uh, well, they didn't think she was actually doing a terribly good job at the Home Office. That was all over the Sunday papers. Meanwhile, Hogmanay is in crisis. Uh, Scotland not likely to see an easing of restrictions over New Year, despite the planned slight and careful relaxation of the rules over Christmas. Lack of a New Year's celebration, more meaningful of Scotland, of course, because Hogmanay is very important, on a par with Christmas, you might say. The First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, is due to make a statement in Holyrood today to update MSPs on the current restrictions, so stay tuned. 
I've always wanted to go to Scotland for New Year. I have a feeling that this might not be the year. Keep an eye on 2021 for a trip up north. Uh, Shall we talk Brexit, though? Ireland's Prime Minister saying an outline of a UK-EU trade deal could be in place by Friday. Set your clocks. Micheál Martin also said process on fishing and ensuring fair competition has been made. Progress there, but more is left to be done. It's crucially good news for industries like agriculture that are going to be particularly hard hit by a no-deal scenario. Um, so for more to talk about all of this, we are joined now by Mark Bridgman. He's president of the Country Land and Business Association. It's a trade body that represents 30,000 landowners, farmers, rural businesses across England and Wales. Uh, Mark, from what we can glean so far, does it look like things are going to come up trumps for the sort of people that you represent? Well, good morning. Um, so I think the key thing is, you know, are we or are we not going to get a deal? It's going to be a, it's going to be fairly black or white. If we get the sort of deal that um, the government are pushing for, a sort of Canada-style free trade agreement, that will be extremely good news. As a sector, the farming sector, agricultural sector, is probably as affected as pretty much any sector that there is because of the the high tariff barriers to trade with the EU. So if we didn't have that we go on to what they dub the Australian deal, which is basically no deal, w, um, WTO tariffs, you know, which are as much as 50 to 100% on some products. So it's absolutely crucial. It, you know, it's still, um, you know, compared to where we were, um, where we are now, it's still, you know, there's still going to be um, big issues because of the sort of friction at the ports. But it, if we can get a deal, that is crucial. Now, there are two areas, Mark, that are particularly of concern, I think, to people involved in agriculture, of course. One is the changeover from the old regime of the common agricultural policy, subsidies, all that kind of thing. What continues? Michael Gove in the past has said that there will continue to be uh, backing for farmers in various ways. And the other thing is, of course, about food standards, because that's been an issue, the extent to which uh, standards are the ways in which food is uh, created and, uh, and produced. Uh, that could change as well. What are your members thinking and wanting on those areas? Yeah, so you know, it's a perfect storm at the moment for the sector because we've got the you know the EU trade deal, um, hopefully or not, um, and then of course starting in January um, we've got the transition away from the old common agricultural policy um, and the subsidy scheme called the basic payment scheme uh, that supported um, UK agriculture. And if you look at the sector. It, produces, it accounts for roughly half the profitability of the sector. You know, and the large swathes of the sector are unprofitable without it. So we're going to be in a seven-year transition away from that to this um, public money for public goods scheme, which is the CLA we're very supportive of. And we've been running a series this week, and we've uh, interviewed the um, Secretary of State yesterday about this. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're supportive of the direction of travel, but it's a question of how we get there because it's so much change taking place um, as we move from one system to, 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 to the other. You talk about standards, that's obviously a, a, a different discussion again because that's the issue there, which has been all over the news over the summer, is about when we leave the EU and we start doing trade deals um, around the world, the Department of International Trade um, is starting to look at that. and We've already got the Japan deal, but obviously... That's relatively small. The big one is the U.S. trade deal, which you know they've been working on um, with the Trump administration, and they will no doubt do the same um, with Biden. Is what does that look like? Um, and the, the, the issue around standards is all about um, 
not just whether the food is safe, but also the production standards that are used. So if um, in this country we have very high production standards, that might be to do with animal welfare, it might be to do with the environment, um, then should we be allowing food in that's produced in a very different way, um, much lower standards, things that we wouldn't be um, either allowed to do or, um, or accept in this country? Yeah. Um, Mark, I want to bring you back to your first point around the transition away from the basic payment scheme. Uh, You have warned in the past that this is quite a risky endeavour. Just give us a sense of how much is at stake here if this transition is mismanaged. Well, I think it's really, you know, the government has got a huge number of things that it wants to achieve um, that that the farming sector are part of, whether it's um, the 25-year environment plan and the recovery and biodiversity, whether it's climate change and all the roles that land managers and farmers will, will place. But there's a sort of a cliche term that you can't be green if you're not in the black. So if farmers are, you know, are, are struggling, you know, you know, going out of business, then they won't be able to do all of these things that the government want them to do, whether it's tree planting, whether it's, um, whether it's biodiversity recovery. And if we look at the sector, about three quarters of farms in this country you looked at their pure farming business um, are not making money um, and you know yes they make money on they, you know they have get environmental payments do environmental things and they'll have diversification businesses but you know the sector is in, um, intrinsically not 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 very profitable so it's going to take time to make this adjustment um, so the, the risk is that businesses that could be viable in the long term delivering all the things that government want to deliver um, will go out of business one of the things one of the things the government does want to deliver is you talked about public money for public good the sense that uh, farmers could be custodians of the countryside your members could fulfill that role have a more environmental view if you like of what they're doing rather than a business view now there is the environmental land management scheme the lms very unpopular amongst a lot of farmers they lack confidence really on the way it's going to work so what are they telling you what do you want to see on that so, well, we're going to hear a lot more in the next few days um, from the government about this, and they're going to paint out um, the profile of what it's going to, of how we're going to move from you know, the, the existing system that is much discredited, the basic payment system, to that um, ELM scheme. I mean, as an, uh, an organisation, we, we, we think um, we, we support the direction of travel. We think um, the, the public funds, the public goods delivering um, those um, uh, benefits um, is the right way to go. And it, it's a business decision. So if I run, I've got my speaking from my farm today. You know, it will be I will be looking at those those environmental payments um, up against you know producing wheat or producing beef, and, and that's how it needs to be. It needs to be a viable alternative um, because otherwise it won't be embraced because it can't be forced on people into private private property rights. You can't force people to um, do things where you can regulate. You can't force them to take land out of production to do something differently, for example. So, um, you know, until we see the detail, I mean, the, what the government are doing is they're sort of co-designing this with the industry, um, and they're going to be doing this over the next couple of years. Um, the, 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 the challenge is, you know, if they start to take away the subsidies that exist now, um, what is it going to be replaced with short term? Um, and the government has committed government in the manifesto committed that the funds that come into the sector um, 
across you know all um, you know England, Scotland, Wales, um, and Ireland. That that aggregate amount um, will be maintained. So although we're coming out of the seat comment cultural policy, the total funding into the sector will be maintained. It will just change you know, what it will be used to pay for. And, and very briefly, of course, all of this is happening with the backdrop of a global pandemic. How does that sit alongside the Brexit negotiations, the big changes for the industry in terms of concerns and in terms of impact? So I think you know, for pure farming, I mean, there are exceptions, and there were some there were some real problems. You know, during the first lockdown, for example, if you were supplying milk to to Costa Coffee or something like that, there were some you know well well publicised problems in the supply chain. But generally, the pure farming businesses have have fared reasonably well through the um, yeah. through the COVID pandemic. But if you look at the average farm, um, they will typically have you know various diversified income streams. They might have. Yeah some holiday lets, they might have some business units. So that's really where the pain is. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.